0: Welcome back to another edition of the Disney Dish Podcast with Jim Hill. It's me, Lantesta, and this is your bonus December episode for iTunes. And, just like everyone wants something under their Christmas stocking... Your Christmas stocking includes one, Mr. Jim
1: Hill. Jim, how's it going? I'm covered with needles, Len. What am I doing under a tree? <laughs>
0: so what we didn't. It was either that, or you could get the formaldehyde and asbestos ones that come from China. Your call.
1: You know, you're supposed to put water in this thing, right?
0: <laughs> By the way, have you, ever, have you ever seen a Christmas tree burn? Oh, it's like, it's like the Hindenburg looks like slow in comparison. Yeah. <laughs> they, uh, they, for those of you that have never seen the joy of uh, burning a Christmas tree, uh, they burn in about 30 seconds, the entire mm-hmm. tree, especially a good dried out one. It's one of the fastest uh, flames that you can see. Definitely uh, make sure your light bulbs are unplugged before you leave your Christmas tree. And speaking of Christmas, well, let's talk about Hawaii.
1: Very smooth segue
0: there, Lynn. <laughs> Thank you, Chip. Thank you. So uh, this is a continuation of our unbuilt Disney talk that we did back in November in New York City. The research comes out of the Buzz Price archives at the University of Central Florida. Thank you guys at the University of Central Florida. And today we're going to talk about a Discovery Bay. Now, when I originally thought about this, when I originally read this, Jim, I thought it was a resort development. They were going to build some hotels. But it mm-hmm. was way more than that, wasn't
1: it? This is from the period of Disney. felt like they'd, they'd filled the American market with material, except there was Hawaii, which actually sat between the two places that had Disney parks. We could grab tourists from both Japan and the mainland. So it was a big question of what we, could we build there and what's affordable?
0: Right. So speaking of affordability, uh, two things. One, we're talking about $1987 here. Mm-hmm. But in terms of affordability, we all know that Alani, uh, so Disney's Timeshare Resort, is on the island of Oahu, which is fairly expensive real estate as far as things go. Here, the area that they were looking for was the northwest corner of the island of Hawaii, Mm -hmm. which was, I guess, vastly less expensive. And the reason why it was vastly less expensive is there's not a whole
1: lot there, even today. Right. No, God, no. I guess from stateside terms, when you think about how small the islands actually are, Mm -hmm. and yet one of the, the complaints is like, oh, Alani's so far away. It's such a long drive. And it's like 10 minutes, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it's like twenty, depending on the traffic. So the the big thing is, Hawaii does have oddly enough an interstate highway system. Mm-hmm. A little strange. Yep. And it's only it's only busy like you know in the morning and the evening, but during the day it's it's absolutely fine. Maybe you know twenty twenty five minutes. You know some of the secondary roads are more crowded, but yeah, it's it's not a bad drive at all. So back in eighty seven, Disney wanted to develop something called the Resort. Waikoloa Resort. W A I K O L O A Waikoloa. Mm-hmm. And this was going to be like, what, five, 6,000 rooms, just a lot of people, uh, 6,000 hotel rooms over, over a series of phases. But they were concerned about the hotel needing something else to attract people to the island of Hawaii. So they call in Buzz Price, and this is where we get the documents from, right? So they, they bring in Buzz Price, and they say, look, you know, we want to develop a resource The least expensive way to do it is on the island of Hawaii because it's not particularly developed right now. And again, the northwest corner of it is effectively the middle of nowhere. They bring in Buzz to do the analysis. And the thing that I love is Buzz's handwritten note that he puts at the very beginning of this folder. And he's talking about all the reasons why Disney shouldn't build a resort. And this is, again, a handwritten note, Mm -hmm. paper-clipped to the beginning. It says the negatives for this are high-repeat, educated tourists... People go to the Polynesian Cultural Center and few other attractions. People really go to Hawaii for sun, surf, sand, sex, etc. <laughs> it's again, it's just this, this beautiful, you know, blunt assessment that Buzz does. By the way, other than sun, surf, sand, and sex, what's the etc You know, if Buzz was alive, we would ask him what was what. What do you mean here in this etc.
1: <laughs> Buzz? I think it's fruited drinks, if I'm not mistaken. No, no, Buzz. It was it, All right, maybe it involved it. rum.
0: So, the other handwritten notes that he has, and he's, he's sort of sketching out what he thinks is going to be the basis for this, the good parts of this resort. And again, handwritten notes, this is what he's jotting down where, when he's getting his first impressions of, of Hawaii. You should build it around a lagoon. You could call it Captain Nemo's Landlocked Lagoon, which is what he wrote there. Mm-hmm. There should be, quote, a pleasure island like old Lanai with a 1930s period hotel themed after something like the Pan and Clipper. And so that was the old float planes, right? With the old Yeah, and
1: and again you can actually walk down to the pool area at the Royal Pacific in Universal Orlando and they they have the Clipper basically sitting <laughs> They
0: have the Clipper. There. No, exactly. I mean
1: <laughs> what I love about what Buzz did is that so often it was just sort of like this thing you should do, somebody does. Sometimes it takes yeah. decades, but they do it.
0: But it gets yep. done. I do like the Royal Pacific actually. I think it's a you know I think it's a moderate hotel at least the rooms that I've seen <laughs> in. Over at uh, Universal Orlando, but still not bad. All, the other thing that Buzz talks about, a Western town with a hula review, a barbecue, and in parentheses, he has for Japanese tourists. Also a petroglyph park, which I guess is dinosaurs, mm-hmm. and then a theater. So let's talk about what they wanted to do here. We have a memo. Mm-hmm. It's titled, Discovery Bay, where you discover lost adventures in paradise.
1: So many people journey to Hawaii. In fact, 20 years later, we get Alani. Mm -hmm. which embraces Hawaiian culture to the point where you walk through that hotel. There's that wonderful bar where you're surrounded by the Hawaiian language.
0: And the funniest thing is, Jim, you get people drunk and have them start sounding out the words. It is built-in entertainment. It's a vowel-centric language. Oh, God, yeah. Page one of this memo outlines four areas Mm -hmm. for Discovery's Bay's offerings to tourists. Natural, historical, man and nature. So I guess man and nature interacting. Mm -hmm. And then sports. So under natural, there are things like reefs, beaches, volcanoes, grottos and ferns, waterfalls, canyons, lagoons, birds, dolphins, and fish, the usual mm-hmm. stuff. Under historical, Captain Cook. Did not he die in Hawaii, by the way? Well, then? we're going to gloss over <laughs> this. That's okay. Right. Maybe he did. Yeah. Maybe he did. Yeah. Okay. Plantation, voyager slash Polynesian. I think this is some sort of Contiki mm-hmm. thing. Whaling, maybe not now mm. we wouldn't do that. Early resort, flying boats, quote, colonial towns. Old Waikiki and Hawaiian royalty. And again, they expand on these ideas we'll talk about. Under man and nature. So I guess this is agriculture stuff and, and assorted sort of related things. Pineapples, sugarcane, orchids, mm-hmm. but it actually means orchards. Mm-hmm. Cattle ranching, taro fields, ancient fish ponds, quote, grass shack,
1: unquote. Dorothy L'Amour. Jim? Uh-huh. Uh, look, Buzz meant well, but sometimes his references come from... Bob Hope Bing Crosby movies. Okay, so
0: Dorothy L'Amour is, is uh, who?
1: She is the third wheel of the road pictures.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, the Bob Hope uh, Bing Crosby movies. You know, in
1: the, in the title song to On the Road to Morocco, they there's actually a line that Bob turns to Bing at one point and says, I'll give you three to five that at some point we meet Dorothy L'Amour. I mean, it's just sort of, she was always, <laughs> she was always in those movies. So it's just very lovely woman of the 1940s. All right, all right. <laughs>
0: She's actually name-checked by Buzz Price, mm-hmm. which yep. is uh, which is pretty impressive. So under sports, they've got uh, skin diving and snorkeling, surfing, outrigger canoes, sailing and boating, fishing, quote, exercising, unquote, which I mm-hmm. love, hang gliders, et cetera. I would love to see Disney do hang gliders. Also hiking, horseback riding, and golf and tennis. So let's talk about this in uh, in more detail. Okay. Under the attractions, they have listed a Volcano Lagoon water park. And a Never Never Land Kids Paradise. Now, they actually do a little bit of this in lot. They've got an actual volcano mm-hmm. that is a water slide with a small snorkeling area. So they kind of built this. Was this for Discovery Bay going to be something different?
1: You have to remember that we are two years out from Typhoon Lagoon opening. So they are working on this tropical-themed water park. And Eisner is always a guy where it's like, well, we're doing that. Can we take some of that and put that over there? for the longest time, this portion of the Discovery Bay project, they were in parallel with Typhoon Lagoon. Here's Disney building this giant wave machine that, in fact, Dick Nudis was so excited about because, again, he'd had his wave machine out in uh, you know, the Seven Seas Lagoon that it had only operated for a while, and, and yet Here's Hawaii, which could provide its own waves. Right, <laughs> but but that was the issue. It was like, well, if we're going to have them swim in the sea, you know, things could get in and bite them, or you know, that sort of thing.
0: Uh, so it would have to be enclosed in the lagoon where it's it's safe. And, and there whatnot. we go. Discovery Island birds, animals, and waterfalls. That sounds similar to
1: Discovery Island. Discovery Island. At this point, we're a full ten years out from Animal Kingdom. I mean, Rhodey didn't really propose that till after the studio got going and they were looking for a fourth gate, but they had only just done a lot of the work to turn Treasure Island into Discovery Island back in 76.
0: All right, uh, Personal Islands. I'm guessing here that this would uh, end up being some sort of uh, man-made type thing, but they mentioned specifically grass shacks and, quote, Tannin, T-A-N-N-I-N apostrophe.
1: You know that's the bungalows, right?
0: No, is that what that is? So they're going to do bungalows. I forgot to mention that I saw the the construction at Wilderness Lodge last night. Did I was you? There. Oh wow.
1: Okay. What so, did you think?
0: So the interesting thing they learned from the Polynesian mm-hmm. by not putting the bungalows directly in front of the rest of the hotel. Mm-hmm. Imagine you're at the Wilderness Lodge and you go out to the boat docks, mm-hmm. right? The cottages are far to your left now. So, in other words, if you're standing in the pool or on the, you know, in the middle of the resort itself, you can't see the cottages. You literally have to go around the corner to the left to see the cottages, and you can also see them if you're on Bay Lake. Hmm. And the interesting thing there is, this is the wilderness. So uh, you're you're supposed to feel more remote. Mm-hmm. And you you would in the in these bungalows there, there's probably a shorter walking path to get you back to the main resort, but it's definitely less visually intrusive than what you got at the Polynesian. And they actually look pretty. You can see them on the on sort of on the mm. monorail uh, when you're going from the parking lot through. Although on the way to Contemporary, they, they look they look better. I think visually they're going to be much better. I'm still interested to see the price points mm-hmm.
1: on these. I heard Horticulture has been tasked with sort of creating. Plant space between the bungalow. I mean, I guess that's the one complaint about the ones at the Polys. They're literally right next to one another, and for that price point, you shouldn't be able to smell your next door neighbor's cologne.
0: You know, I I didn't I didn't look for that. So when I go next week or whatever, I'll uh, go back. And okay, check. back to attractions. The next one is Aqua Lark's Autopia. Mm-hmm. So Autopia we know as the Mm -hmm. car, small car racing thing. Aqua Larks makes it sound like uh, water? Are we doing boats here? Well,
1: yes and no. What Buzz was trying to recreate here, he was trying to sell them the notion of Hawaii was at its most glamorous to travelers, really in that 1930s, early, early 1940s. And Mm so, well, what if we did an Autopia, but it was the classic woody cars from the... Oh, and But and, but you had a long board hanging out of it. I've seen one iteration of this where there was a miniature golf course that was supposed to sort of overlap with this.
0: Oh, that'd be hysterical. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. you
1: know, but the notion is you'd be driving by and the volcano would go off because somebody just sunk a putt in the, the, the miniature volcano. That's great.
0: Okay, cool. I like the idea of interspersing an Autopia with a uh, miniature golf course, too. That actually sounds like not a bad mm-hmm. idea. Next two things under attractions. One of them is a simulator, and he has three bullet mm-hmm. points. Historical, underwater 3D, and Volcano EXP. And I don't know if EXP stands for exploration, explosion, but uh, Volcano EXP. What was well, going there?
1: okay. January 7th, 1987, Star Tours has just opened at Disneyland. Oh, All right, so okay. now everybody in the company is looking at that, and I want in. These are basically three bullet points. They were exploring a bunch of ideas. One of them was actually sort of combined. The two was going to be called Nemo's Lava Cruiser. Because this project didn't go forward, but people were so excited about the Nemo Lava Cruiser idea, it actually wound up being reused for the Disney Seas project or the Port Disney thing Disney was going to do at Long Beach. When you say Nemo here, you mean Captain yeah. Nemo, not the No, Fresh. that 20,000-league stink pump. In fact, when Buzz used the, why don't we do the enclosed bay, Nemo's hidden base, or that sort of thing, that really actually made it into the Port Disney, Disney Seas. The Disney recycling cycle sometimes is really, really short. <laughs>
0: All right, fair enough. So that's uh, that's that. Then the next thing was natural biomes. They've got tropical environments an aviary, which you'd see later on in Animal Kingdom, and then fern grottos. Fern grottos, by the way, I don't know if you know this, is Hugh Hefner's
1: uh, stage name when he's in the Oh, we're going to get in trouble for that one. Actually, the, (laughs) the biodome's idea, when Tony Baxter was putting together... The Plans for the Land, that was the term back when the land was going to be a balloon ride, and you were literally supposed to pass through various different biodomes. That didn't go forward.
0: All right. Uh, under Activities, we have uh, the Waterfront Town. This was, I think, supposed to be their Pleasure Island thing. Uh, later on in the, in the memo, there are documents that refer to things like the old Lanai Courthouse, mm-hmm. which was established in 1859, and it gives you sort of this period architecture.
1: Oh, very much so. Pleasure Island is in development right now at this exact same time. Right. Won't right. open for two years, but that's a sale factory. So the thinking was that, okay, so we do the same thing. We take a, going to do a cannery setup. And, right, and, right. You know, so you come down into this this environment that has the feel of authenticity, but mm-hmm. has your places to shop, has your your bar, has your restaurant. Because again, the Disney Store was just getting it out of the ground as well during this period. So it's hey, you want plush, you can get
0: plush. And then we're gonna do so again a, a small collection of nightclubs, retail, and restaurants. There you go. Speaking of restaurants, the next one, uh, Nemo's underwater restaurant. And here again, when we we, we say Nemo, we mean Captain Nemo, not the and
1: fish. and again. That's Discovery Bay from Disneyland. That's the plan that, that Tony Baxter put together. You'd come around the Rivers of America, and there'd be a full-size version of the Nautilus sitting there in the water, a 200-foot-long you know, submarine. It's supposed to be the most elegant dining experience at a Disney theme park. This version was this beautiful restaurant where you'd sit in front of those giant windows on the Nautilus, and look out at this amazing collection of, of tropical fish or that sort of thing. And, but again, this is literally taking something that you know had been proposed for Disneyland in '75, '76, and. Dropping mm. it into a plan for '87,
0: and they had already done one underwater restaurant in the coral reef, right? Yeah, yeah uh, the, the coral yeah, reef. That... yeah, I was just, I was just there Friday. By the way, the food there was better than I
1: expected. Oh, okay,
0: good to hear. So, uh, so going back to the waterfront town, actually, there's a little bit more detail on the next page of this mm-hmm. memo, talking about the specific offerings. But you're right, though. I mean, there's an Adventures Club because I guess in '87 they're getting ready to open Pleasure mm-hmm. Island. There's a disco. Mm-hmm. There's a quote Royal Pineapple Club Comedy Club. <laughs> So, yeah, this is pretty much the this is the, the lineup of uh, Pleasure Island. There's also the Neon Peniolo, which is a Hawaiian, Hawaii country western club. So, literally, it was every kind of club that was in Pleasure Island with a Hawaiian theme. Also, a treehouse restaurant and a, quote, a simulator experience.
1: Again, Eisner walks through the building. One of those, one of those, one of those. Okay, moving on. <laughs>
0: All right, back to the activities. <laughs> uh, so, they have this something in quotes called Road to Discovery Bay. Mm-hmm. Under boats, we've got sunken wrecks, canoes, and outriggers. And actually, you see the sunken wrecks idea done in Castaway Key yeah. on the Disney Cruise Line, yeah. right? They've taken some mm-hmm. ships. Cool. The sugar train experience and transportation. Now, Jim, I used to live in downtown Miami, and to me, the sugar train experience <laughs> meant Land something family completely audience, different. Family audience. Okay, sorry.
1: Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> If you drill down into Disney World's history, the, the, you know, the trains, for example, that were were brought to the Florida Resort were actually used to right. haul sugar in the cane in, in South America. This was going to be your transportation loop that would get you around the resort.
0: Oh. Okay, so next thing was Animal Preserve with Animals of the World. And I, I wonder how they would get this, uh, if they proposed this today, how they they would get this past the government of the state of hawaii because invasive species are i'm told huge a huge problem in in hawaii so this would probably not fly
1: well this is really discovery covet sea world but you know that was the issue as i understood it was that okay so they get to play with the the animals of hawaii it's like okay well here's all five of them and most of them bite
0: (laughs) all right a couple of other things um an artist colony and underneath it Underlined are the words uh, Imagineering Retreat. So I guess this is sort of like the NFL Pro Bowl. You would tell Imagineers that they did a good job, and in return for doing the good job, they get to go to Hawaii and have tourists watch them while they are Congratulations, you did a great job. Go to Hawaii and do it again.
1: Tokyo Disney opened it in 1983. It's the most successful park anywhere. And so Disney mm-hmm. is anxious to expand that park. But the problem was for so many Imagineers was... You have to go to the other side of the world you you don't speak the language you have to understand the word retreat actually means something different when this project it meant that basically you could retreat from japan and go back to something that that had a feeling <laughs> of the states
0: <laughs> a little inside joke in the uh, little inside joke in the, in the yeah.
1: Document. I mean, they hadn't even opened the studio at this point, and they were already pushing Tokyo mm-hmm. to the Oriental Land Company executives, like you want a studio, you really want a studio, and so yeah, this was going to be the the sort of you could go back there, you you, you know, from dealing with the Oriental Land executives, you know, regroup and then head back. It was going to be the halfway. There house. we go. That's, That's right. So,
0: <laughs> a couple of other mm-hmm. things. High-tech laboratories, and then in in quotes below that is, quote, discovery labs. So I guess this is sort of like meet the wonderful creatures of the sea, meet the native species of Hawaii, look at the landscape. Well,
1: they use the phrase Discovery Bay. So the, the notion was discovery means different things. If you are trying to create programs for the kids who are staying in the hotels, you know, you can go out and discover. You can visit the biodomes the one challenge here was that that disney was trying to to make a venn diagram here because they were looking at the number of tourists who came over from japan to go to hawaii and they were tr- trying right. to also lure us people from the states and it was like can we do programs in two different languages
0: it's one of the things that we uh, we noticed uh, quite a bit at alani <laughs> that uh, that virtually all of the signs are in both english and in Japanese mm-hmm. and all the major announcements are in uh, English and Japanese. It
1: does get challenging. It it means in some situations you have to double up on staff, or or you have to, right. You know, you have to pay a premium to get staffers who can speak English and Japanese.
0: And, and again, if you're doing that in Hawaii, I mean, again, Hawaii is a huge destination for both Americans and Japanese tourists. But but still, to, uh, anytime you you're asking for a special mm-hmm. skill, the price goes up. All right, so a couple other things: um, Hyperion Blimp and Disco hangar. That's under the uh, the things to do. I guess this is again Pleasure mm-hmm. Island. Uh, a lighthouse. And then mm-hmm. ships. The Columbia, the Nautilus, and excursion boats. The Columbia, I guess, is a requirement for every Disney theme park.
1: <laughs> have Trying to sort of em- embrace that sort of Herman Melville feel without actually getting into the whole whaling thing. So it's like, alright, well, so it's the Columbia. Or, you know, some sort of a qu- equivalent of a trimasted schooner. Where... The sure. Nautilus again. In theory, you're building this for your sort of your point for the Lava Cruiser simulator experience, and the Nemo Grand Salon dining. And what was the th- the third one? The third
0: one was excursion boats, well, but and we'll talk about that in the next one. So, when the on the next page, where they're talking about major attractions, we've kind of touched on the lagoon offerings and the waterfront mm-hmm. offerings. The uh, under the Western Town, mm-hmm. though, a couple of things I want to highlight here. One was a barbecue on the mm-hmm. beach. Another one was a rodeo. So, Barbecue in the Beach, that's sort of, I mean, they do Mickey's Backyard Barbecue over at uh, Fort Wilderness. Mm-hmm. The, the one that I think is uh, interesting is the Hoop-dee-doo Hula Review. <laughs> so this is one of those things where it's like, oh, well, we've, got a, we've already got a Western thing over at Fort Wilderness. Why don't we just have uh, hula skirts and we're set?
1: There was actually a film that the company made with James Garner in 1974 called The Castaway Cowboy. And it was basically about a a real cowboy going over to Hawaii they had just started you know, raising beef on the island and they needed people with those sort of so this was literally Disney taking a chunk of its own history and sort of like, okay, this thing that actually happened in history I mean, a really for real thing then allows us to bring Western culture with a Hawaiian bend to it, to the island so you could get that, everybody got to be a castaway cowboy, they got their, their rattan cowboy hat and they got to eat Hawaiian grown Beef down by the beach, and again, the the, the de doo, but with a hula bend on it, and that could have been a lot of fun. I'm thinking this is
0: a great plot for season three of Westworld. <laughs> All right, so so let's let's talk, Jim. About this. obviously, this doesn't get built. Discovery Bay, as we as we've been talking about it for the last thirty five minutes, doesn't get built. Mm-hmm why doesn't it get built
1: there's a number of reasons as happens with the japanese economy every now and then there was a correction during this period
0: oh that's right the uh, the in the, the fact there's there's technically still yeah. in it Yeah. Right? this is like the, uh, the the 25 year lost generation mm-hmm. okay so that that the the bubble or whatever it was that collapsed mm-hmm. yeah cuz they went through like the all of the 90s all of the 2000s were with essentially no growth mm-hmm and no inflation. It was essentially just uh, the economy stalled for two decades. People have written papers. Yeah,
1: and, and it's one of these situations where you're building a table, you know, that, that you need the three solid, at least the three solid legs. And, you know, they mm-hmm. knew that Hawaii already had tourism. In fact, that's ultimately what led led to Aulani. You know, there was a belief the Disney name would be strong enough to get people to get on a plane and go over to Hawaii for a Disney specific experience that celebrated Hawaii. But they needed to know that Hawaii, you know, that the Japanese tourists would in fact come. And when when there was that financial collapse, it's just sort of like, eh, we can hold on this.
0: So Disney ends up building Aulani mm-hmm. and having been there I know that they've they've got this like little pie slice of land in the lagoon to their if you're looking out at the lagoon to the right now is a four seasons to the left is a huge Marriott property mm-hmm. is there any chance that they Disney owns any more land in Hawaii beyond the ones that we've
1: the weird thing is that they they have done some expansion at Alani, if I'm not mistaken, right? That there were, was an additional tower built, or, or... It's,
0: it's it's pretty big, but I, I don't know if uh, I'm just not, I'm not that up on the history. Okay,
1: but the thing with Alani is, I Disney still feels like they're they're learning the resort, they're learning the business over there, and th- it was only when they opened it that they began to hear that. Well, you know, you're on the wrong side of the island. You you're too far of a drive. And, you know, they've been working to try to overcome that, but so many of the tools that they thought were in the draw, whether it was, you know, we'll send the cruise ship out there, and it's like, well, no, maybe you won't.
0: So they ducked in, in Honolulu, mm-hmm. and that, that's how I ended up after at a cruise. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of funny. Laurel and I were, were talking about this in the context of Manhattan. Mm-hmm. We were staying uh, up north Side for our, our, our mm-hmm. talk in New York, and, you know, she wanted to go somewhere, and it was like six blocks away. I'm like... Dude, I am not walking six blocks. (laughs) You know, whereas, you know, it's it's the same thing in Hawaii. Oh my God, it's a 20 minute drive halfway across the island. Yeah, but it's a small island, but it's 20 minutes Mm -hmm. across the ah, Mm island. You know, nobody wants to do it. Yeah, and. and, and
1: (laughs) You can sit in, you know, a conference room in Glendale and go, okay, we're here. This is perfect. And it's like, no, you yeah. know, no, if you're on the ground there and you're in that vacation mindset or or that travel mindset.
0: Yeah, you don't want to get in a car and go tw- go half an hour yeah. or whatever, 20 and so,
1: minutes. Yeah, you just don't. That's a shame. Disney is is not walking away from Milani. No,
0: it's it's their best resort. Every decent idea that they've ever had, uh, you can find an example of it in Milani. It is by far their nicest resort. There. All right, folks, uh, you've been listening... To the Disney Dish Podcast with Jim Hill. This was our special bonus iTunes episode for December. We are produced, fabulously, I might add, by Santa's own elf himself, (laughs) one Mr. Aaron Adams. Please go on to iTunes and Stitcher and rate our show and tell us what you would like to hear next. We love those comments. Keep them coming. For Jim, this is Len. We will see you on the next show.
1: Take care, guys.